I'm going to preach for the next few weeks. Uh, we've got Mark Greenwood next week, and then into November, I'm going to, want to talk about growing. In our discipleship pathway, there are three distinct uh, environments that you need to live in. First of all, you, we need to be rooted. Uh, our world today is, is so uh, flighty all over the place. We need to be rooted. We need to be rooted in Christ Rooted in love. You know, if you could sink your roots down into love, uh, just good things would come out. I wonder where your roots are today. I wonder what's flowing up through those arteries and veins and your spiritual roots. I wonder what's coming out. If you're rooted into poison, you know what's going to come out. What are you rooted into? And we need to be rooted into the church. I said we need to be rooted into the church. I said we need to be rooted into the church. It's God's family. It's God's place for you. It's a place where you can flourish. And we'll talk about rootedness. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about that. We want to talk about growth for the next few messages that I do. And, um, and then we'll talk about fruitfulness later on. But you know, growth is such a loaded word, isn't it? Uh, but without it, we can get into trouble. We really can. It, uh, some people, you know, when you talk about growing, instantly they get under pressure. You know, they, it's kind of, oh, I've got to grow, I've got to grow, I've got to grow. Or, or, you know, they feel like I haven't grown as much as everybody else. They go into comparison and pressure and all sorts of things. But you know, when we did the baby dedication today, what would it be like if those children didn't grow? What would, what, what would you say if, you know, little cute baby stayed as a little cute baby. You know, five years old and they haven't grown. Every single person in here would be worried. We'd be concerned. And it's like that in life, that what's it like if we didn't grow as a person? I wonder today whether or not we are one age and yet we haven't grown into that age. You know, Kathy once said to me, act your age, not your shoe size. <laughs> I said to her, you know what, darling, I'm using the European shoe size at the moment. But you know, what's it like when people don't grow? You know that I'm addicted to triangles? You know that, don't you? Well, I want to bring back one of my triangles, if, if you just see. There's, a, there's a, the growth tension in that you need to see three things to, to keep in your mind. You see, healthy things grow naturally, but there are things that we can do to help us to grow. Look at, look at this with me. First of all, you need to keep in tension in your mind. We need to grow. I need to grow. You need to grow. We all need to develop into our next phase. Now, I don't know whether there's anybody who's 70 in the house today, but you've never been 73 because you're 70. And when you get to 73, you'll need to grow into what God has for you there. At every stage of our life, we need to grow. Now, we build up experience, but I wonder if you've got a commitment about yourself where you say, I need to grow. There needs to be a development in my life. Secondly, however, if you do the right things, you put the right things into your life, you will grow. You will naturally grow. 
You, you don't see a farmer planting a seed in a field and then, you know, with the soil and the light and the water, that you don't see the farmer standing over that seed going, grow, grow, come on, grow, let me coach you into growth. That doesn't happen. What happens is you do the right things, you feed that seed the right things, and it grows without you having to do anything else. It's the same with your life. If you will invest in your spirit, if you will keep your mind in the right place, if you will give your emotions over to God, if you will look after your body, you will grow. Can you hear an amen, everybody? Because there are some people in this house where the enemy has put a lie in their mind where they have said, where the enemy has said to you, you're at your ceiling. Hello. Somebody said to you, I can feel it in my spirit. You are at your ceiling. There's no more growth for you. I want to say to you, just do the things that you know to do spiritually, emotionally, mentally. You will grow naturally. And then in the other uh, corner of the triangle, we can intentionally grow. There are some things that we can place into our lives. We're going to talk about this in the next few weeks. There are some things that you can open yourself up to that beyond the natural growth, if you put them into your life, you will grow. It's a little like taking some uh, vitamins. In the first service, I nearly said vitamins, and I thought, I'm not an American. Vitamins. You can put some things into your life that will intentionally grow your life and grow you to a place where you can go beyond what is natural growth. Come on, say to yourself, beyond natural growth. Come on, beyond natural growth. But before we talk further, though, on growth by adding things to our lives, I just wanted to take a moment and relate to your story. Everybody turn to Mark chapter 5, verse 24, that we might need to talk about our growing into our wholeness and our healing, which may mean that we have to let some things go before we can grow into some things. We may need to leave some things behind before we can grow. How many of you know that's a spiritual principle? That sometimes when you want to grow, you can't take everything and everyone with you. Growing into our wholeness. Would you turn with me to Mark chapter 5? And I want to read you from verse 24. Now, Verse 24 is, is a parenthesis, it's a bracket, it's a, something else is going on, it's a subsection of a larger story. The larger story is that the synagogue leader's daughter has died and they've sent for Jesus to come and pray for him and whilst he's on the way, this happens. So Jesus went with him, they went with the servants of the synagogue leader or the synagogue leader and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all, of, all that she had. Instead of getting better, she grew worse. In the times when you just do your best and you invest, and it gets worse. When she heard 
about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak. Because she thought this, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. And I wonder today whether you could be that sort of person that had the commitment and maybe can I say the healthy desperation to say, if I can just connect with him, I'll get something. Or whether or not you're sitting with your arms folded, maybe not physically, but inside going, touch me if you dare, Jesus. I wonder if you could be a little bit open today and allow him that power could flow to you. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that the power had gone out from him and he turned around and in the, in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? And here come the disciples. They were so helpful at times. Not. You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? You see, there's a certain type of thing that happens to us, and, and particularly in the Western world, that we become rationalists. If we can find a reason for something, why it shouldn't happen, then we're okay with that. Instead of thinking that that is that reason valid or not. I've seen it in Christians and I want to confront you today with that don't be a Christian rationalist. Don't be somebody that says if I can find a reason that means that I shouldn't do it. If the boiler breaks down at church you say oh it's going to be cold I won't go. Here's the reason get a coat and come anyway. Don't always have a reason why you shouldn't. Don't always have a reason why it won't work. Or in this case, of course somebody touched you, Jesus. We can see the reason, but you're missing the point. God's just healed somebody. Try not to be thinking all the time, let me find a reason why I can excuse myself from moving from where I am. It's a really important character trait of the Christian life. Who touched me? How can you ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around. He ignored them to see who had done it. And the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. I want to say to you today that I just feel in my spirit that some of us need to tell Jesus the truth about where we're at. The whole truth. And begin to say, this is what's going on. And then he said to her, Daughter. Daughter. And maybe today you need to hear that you're a son. You're a daughter. More than, oh, healed one, 
or more than, oh, what a great testimony. More than, oh, you're the lady who had the, the bleeding and, and now you're healed. More than everything that's happened to you. Maybe the most important word that you need to hear today is, you're my child. Daughter. Son. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. If we're going to grow into wholeness, maybe I could perhaps just use this story, if you don't mind, just to highlight what a lack of wholeness can be in our lives. Firstly, when we see this lady, uh, she's actually a parenthesis, that actually Jesus is doing something else. And one of the things about a lack of wholeness is always feeling like you're never the priority. Jesus is even on his way to do something else here. But that you actually don't feel that you're important enough for Jesus to uh, do something for you. And I wonder if that's your kind of sense of lack of wholeness, that you've not the priority. I was a, the baby child. Younger brothers of the world unite against those older brothers who beat you up all the time. But, you know, sometimes our order in our family can feel like that I'm not the, the priority, or older brothers would say, or oh, the younger brothers get away with everything. We never had to do that. I don't know where it comes from with you, but sometimes a lack of wholeness can feel like you're not the priority. A lack of wholeness can also feel like that you're disappointed when you've had an ongoing disability. And you're disappointed that God hasn't done anything about it. This lady had bleeding for 12 years. And uh, if, you thought, if you think that she was 20, I, she was probably older. If you think she was 20 and uh, when the condition manifested itself, now she's 32. For that whole decade, she's carried something. I wonder if you in your life are, are thinking to yourself, you, you, you know what, I'm disappointed, God, that this hasn't happened for me. But early in my ministry, so many people prayed for my eyesight you know, I had people rebuking curses and all sorts of things. And, you know, I'm a partial albino. I think if I was a rabbit, I'd have pink eyes or something, you know. And that's why I'm blonde hair and all of that stuff. Well, it used to be blonde. Can I just say now it's gone white? <laughs> I'm so disappointed about that. But, you know, my albinism and all of that, that stuff, I had people praying over me, rebuking curses and so on. And sometimes you can get a little bit disappointed that God hasn't seen that through. And I wonder if, you know, sometimes our lack of wholeness is, is that we use our disability to say that's the reason I can't serve God. Many of you know that I can't drive a car, not because I've got a, a DUI or, a, or anything like that against me, but that I can't see far enough to drive a car. Although in America, they let me drive a car, which says a lot for the Americans, but anyway. <laughs> but where is it in the Bible that says to be a pastor, you have to drive a car? I wonder what disability you're using to say that you can't serve God. I wonder, why, wonder what you could say about your disability or some of the things that you're carrying that says, I can't serve God because of that. A lack of wholeness also 
can be in our past because of people who've caused suffering to us. People perhaps who we might have expected more of to bring healing to us. She suffered by many doctors. I wonder if we're carrying around with us some people in our lives, in our, in our psyche, in our emotional history, they should have helped me. And, and we are saying we can't be whole because of them. This lady did not allow all of those doctors to stop her getting to Jesus. And I wonder if you've got some people in your history who should have helped you, but they haven't helped you, and you've got to put them down now and say, I'm not carrying you, I'm going towards Jesus. It says that she spent all that she had, that actually it drained her resources. I don't know about you, but sometimes we do the best for some things, and it just doesn't work out, and we invest, but it doesn't work out, and it's kind of like our resources are drained, and we're not getting any richer, actually it's just becoming worse. And we kind of use that, and one of the greatest things, one of the, uh, the things that comes against Christians the most is regret and disappointment how things haven't progressed. But the truth is, biblically, we go through seasons. And that's the theology that we need to live towards. Not always breakthrough, 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 but harvest, then fallow ground. That's more the biblical teaching. And I just wonder whether or not you have come to a place in your life where your resource is a little bit drained or might be totally drained like this lady and you're using that as an excuse to say, I can't get to Jesus. And all the while, God's saying, you can come to me. And lastly, if we could just say that her life was going on a downward spiral that actually the Bible records that she grew worse. With all her efforts and all the things that was happening to her, she grew worse. And you might be in one of those downward spiral seasons at the moment, but who knows in this place, can anybody testify that we have a turnaround God? Oh, come on, you didn't hear me. We have a turnaround God. And you might be getting worse, but you might be one touch away for that reversal and that change coming about in your life. Oh yeah, this was immediate for her, and it might not be immediate for you, but how many of you know we have a turnaround God? Do not use your uh, season at the moment of a, of a downward spiral as an excuse for you to say, I don't know whether I can touch God. Now, we often walk as people, let's be honest, we walk with a limp, many of us. We're carrying things, and there's good teaching that we need to receive about accepting some things, and some things that we need to accept, but just serve God anyway. The key is with that these things that we have to carry should not stop us serving Christ or becoming the person who God has intended us to become. 
Paul, the apostle, said it this way in Philippians 4, chapter 4, uh, verse 11 through 13. I am not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or living in want. Say this with me. I can do all things, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's the key. You see, we all walk with some things where we need the strength of Christ to continue, but being strengthened to endure is a whole lot different than putting up with ill health and things that keep you from Christ. And a a lack of healing. We need to push through and to grow into our wholeness. Yeah, sure, you're going to carry some things. But do not carry that which keeps you away from Christ and becoming the person you were always meant to become in Christ. Don't carry that. Break that, get healed from that. Let me show you a little picture of wholeness. If I can show you a little picture of unwholeness, this is a picture of wholeness through this woman. First of all, she came to Christ for her healing. She said, if I could just touch him. In all the things that you're trying to do in your life, have you missed out Jesus? Even as a Christian, sometimes we try everything. There used to be an old West Indian song, because Kathy and I got saved in a West Indian denomination. I don't know whether you know that. And uh, they used to say, try, 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 try. I could sing it for you, but you'd just get so excited. It just caused you so much problems. You know, when you tried everything and everything has failed, try Jesus. I looked at Kathy one day and said, why don't we try Jesus first and forget the journey? What are you trying? She tried Jesus. A picture of wholeness is, if I can say it in a serious way, is to see Jesus as the source of your wholeness and healing first. And then he'll add other layers on that you need, but see Jesus first. Second thing is, she confessed her need properly. In fact, Jesus did not allow her to keep it secret. Please don't become like us British people. We try and keep everything secret. We try and say, oh, religion is a private thing. Your faith is not private. You need to be able to share some things with others. And Jesus called her out of the crowd and said, tell us what's happening. Now, I'm not saying that that will happen to you, that you have to confess to a crowd this large or so on, but what I am saying is he's going to put loving people around you where you can say, this is what's going on with me. And that's important. Confess your needs properly. Confess your healing properly. Thirdly, we need to be restored to our sense of being a child of God. Now, I emphasized it in the reading, but I want to just revisit back to it. These, we've had some wonderful baby dedications today, and we've got some great pictures in front of me right now where people are being caressed and nurtured and cuddled and fed. 
And that, and actually, you need that same sense in your life that you are a child of God. I know you're six foot four, and I know that you are now a man mounting. You are still a child of God. And that's your first identity. You know, I've got, uh, uh, it sounds like a pop group, I've got three degrees. Uh, Some of you won't get that joke. But anyway, but before I'm anything, you know, Mark Wright, Reverend Mark, I've got letters in front of my name and letters after my name. Reverend Mark Ryan, B. Ed, M. Div. I really don't like the term M. Div, master of being a div. But anyway, that's another thing. I've got all these letters after my name, but you know, before I am Pastor Mark Ryan, senior leader of Kensington Temple, before I am that, I am Mark, child of the King. Amen? How about you? You know, my favorite song at the moment, my absolute favorite song is uh, by a, a group called Cain, and it's, I'm just going to read you the lyrics. I'm going to get confident enough over the next few weeks to sing you these, but it says this, whether it's your best day, your worst day, some Tuesday or your birthday, every day is a good day, and let me tell you why. I've got air in my lungs, I've got blood in my body, because you're a child of God. Come on now, sing everybody. I am blessed. I, on my worst day, I'm a child of God, and on my best day, I'm a child of God. And you are the reason why I am blessed. I've got this in my chest. My heart is beating. I am blessed. I am a child of God. You need to receive that today. Amen. You're a child of the King. Hey, let's all see, serve the King, and I'll just try and be shepherd. Is that okay? You are a child of the King of Kings. And you need to hear that. That's what he said to this lady. He said, daughter, be a child first. Know who you belong to. And then he said to her, he said, your faith has saved you. Now, many of us would say as Christians, of course I live by faith, but a a view of wholeness is that you see the function of faith and dependency in your life, that you stop trying to do everything yourself and let God have some space. I want to say to you parents, those who are still in the room, you know, don't try and sort everything out for your children in their faith. Don't answer everything that they've got. Leave some space for them to have faith in God, that they trust God for themselves. That's how you raise children. You can't do everything for them. How about you? Have you got your life so wrapped up there is no space for grace and faith in your life? There's no stretch point. There's no sense of, unless you come through on this, God, this isn't going to happen. How about it that you have that place in your life where you say, I've got to believe. This lady pushes through the crowd and then has to believe. Where's your touch point? Where's your stretch point? And then Jesus said to her this, go in peace. In other words, don't carry what you don't need to. Some things are over now. You're not the bleeding woman. You're not that woman who has that situation. You can't carry 
those doctors anymore, and why didn't they heal me? And man, they've taken all my money. Jesus said, go in peace now. Stop carrying all of that. You, legitimately, you could carry that. You could say, they spent my money, and it's not right. But Jesus is saying, go in peace now. Let it go. How about you? You know, in my spirit, when I was preparing this, I was looking at my desk, and I can see people carrying people who they need to put down. Every single person in this room has been hurt by somebody. As soon as I said that, their names are popping in your head right now. You know, let me tell you something. I don't want to go on a tangent because Kathy's told me I can't. But you know the person who led me to the Lord in that season of school, at that time at school, they still used to have... uh, uh, what is it, corporal punishment. I don't want to say capital punishment. They didn't kill us. Corporal punishment. In other words, they used to beat us with the cane. The person who led me to the Lord also caned me. I think he enjoyed it. But he also shared Jesus' love with me. After I was a Christian, I'm not going to keep looking at him and saying, man, you caned me. I'm going to say, you led me to Jesus. Put something down. Who are you carrying? That older brother. Who are you carrying? You need to hear the words of Jesus, go in peace. Sure, some people who should have helped you should have helped you. Sure, some people have done you wrong, but how long are you going to carry that? How long are you going to let that shape you instead of the grace and love and the healing of Jesus? You see, we've got to move and grow towards wholeness. Who are you carrying? You know, who's that ex-husband who, he really did you wrong? And you stood at the altar with him on that day and you made your vows absolutely with a good heart, but he did you wrong. How long are you going to carry that? I know it's hard. But isn't it time that you heard the Lord say, my daughter, go in peace. Last picture of holiness, uh, excuse me, of wholeness through this lady is we need to live in a state of reorientation, of, of newness. Now he said, go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Have, have you ever met people? I don't know whether you've met people like this, but I have. You've ever met people that once they are freed, they still define themselves by what they once were? Have you ever met somebody who's, you know, who's given up smoking and then they tell you everything about smoking instead of telling you about what it's like not to be a non-smoker? Have you ever met people who are once in some sort of addiction and they still define themselves by that addiction and tell you about what it was like being in that addiction? Now, that's appropriate for some and for some time, but let me tell you, it's time for us to say, well, that was me, but now this is me. Amen, Amen, church? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. And you know, wholeness is, that's a really precious part of my journey, but now I'm going to live this way. 
So today, let's just be honest and begin to move towards wholeness and healing. Let's begin as people to say, well, Lord, you want to bring a deep healing and a deep growth to me